This is Toba from Operation Tube Talk, and I am sitting with the very talented Margaret Plummer. Hi, Margaret. Hi. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Good. And we are sitting in the Opera Cafe, so we're, I apologize for any background noise, but it kind of adds to the authenticity of doing the podcast, right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a waiter yelling at us at some point. So, Margaret, why don't you tell me what you do? What's your, what's your job? My job, I am an opera singer. I'm a mezzo-soprano. I'm in the full-time ensemble of soloists at the Wiener Staatsoper. Mm-hmm. I've been here for about three years now. Mm-hmm. And I, ten months of the year, I just sing whatever they tell me to sing and get about in whatever costume they tell me to get about in. <laughs> so, no nudity. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. That is one of my very few rules. Okay, good. I will never, ever do nudity on stage. <laughs> <laughs> we were starting right from the beginning. Yeah. Um, maybe you can explain to people what an ensemble cast member is, so, mm-hmm. so people who don't know what it means. Sure. Um, uh, an ensemble member, there is a group of singers who are employed full-time mm-hmm. in the ensemble, uh, and this house in particular is quite special. It's called the Repertoire House, so we do anywhere between 50 and 55 operas a year. Oh, my God. So our ensemble is really big. It's yeah. about 60 people. Maybe 40 of them are full-time and 20 of them are part-time. Um, and we are required to, besides the guests, the big stars that come in, come and go, we're required to fill all the other gaps. So all the roles in every opera are filled by the ensemble members. Okay. And covered as well. So we're all learning repertoire in case someone gets sick that we can jump in and the show still goes on. Wow. Okay, so you're like the cousin at prom that has to fill in for the stage <laughs> and couldn't make it. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. But a little bit harder because you have to do 55 offers in different languages. Yeah. That's incredible. So, how much time do you have to prepare for an opera? What is usually here at the, the Staatsoper? So, I just want to say, um, Margaret works at the Vienna State Opera, just so people know. Yes. Um, so, what is kind of, yeah, tell me about the average time you have to prepare. Well, it varies. Um, and this house, again, is not a normal representation of, I think, what most opera houses are like. I think mm-hmm. a lot of other houses, you tend to get a longer rehearsal period mm-hmm. here because there's so much repertoire to get through. Sometimes they mount an opera on two and a half days rehearsal. Wow. If it's a show that has been in the repertoire for a long time and all of the singers are very experienced in the role, so they can throw them on the stage pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, for other shows, if they're premieres, they tend to rehearse for three weeks in R's and R's in our big rehearsal space in the second district. Oh, okay. What's the district? Third. Thank Third. you. Yes, yeah, the Harris Geschichte Museum. That one. Yeah, that's how I pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then we'll have a week on stage roundabout. So there's, there's between four and five weeks rehearsals for premieres, and we do six premieres a year. But wow. the rest of the repertoire is made up of this other stuff, which sometimes, if we're lucky, we'll have two weeks rehearsal. That's crazy. If we're unlucky, it'll be two days. <laughs> hey, she ate my legs. <laughs> I know. I know. And wow. it's, it's often, it happens often that you don't have a single rehearsal. So you're hearing the orchestral sounds for the first 
front of 2,000 people. It's kind of wild. It feels a little bit out of body sometimes. I, I can, well, I can't imagine, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's, yeah. I remember seeing, I did see Madame Butterfly when David Michal was performing, mm-hmm. and I remember that it was, the orchestra was very loud. Yes. And I didn't know much about opera. I mean, I knew opera in terms of I don't gone to operas. I didn't know so much about behind the scenes things. I was talking to my friend Katie about it. And she was saying that different um, conductors have different styles. Exactly. And what do you find hard when it comes to a conductor? What do you look for in your perfect conductor? Like, who's your dream? Um, Fabio, I, conductor. <laughs> I think, for me, a conductor that understands sing as well and under, and breathes with the singer. Okay. A lot of the time if you get a conductor who's used to doing symphonic words, mm-hmm. they don't understand that there needs to be space for singers to breathe. But if you get a really experienced singer's conductor, mm-hmm. then they have this beautiful way of kind of ebbing and flowing with the tempo so that the orchestra breathes with, breathes with you. And that's yeah. really, it really makes a huge difference. Because there's that conductor Gustavo Dudamel, mm-hmm. and he did an opera here, and that wasn't well received. But then he did the New Year's, the New Year's concert, and everybody was like, oh, it's great. But I think that's probably because he wasn't an opera. Yes, conductor. it has a lot to do with it. And, and it's a very specific kind of beast. I don't envy conductors at all. I, I mean, the thought of having 100 musicians and then a bunch of singers in front of me uh, waiting for me to point gives me the screaming heebies, but kind of turns me on. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's really different. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what I'm doing, but it yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's an incredible undertaking, and I have utmost respect for all of them. But mm-hmm. there are some that definitely some that I prefer working with, and also there's ones where you can kind of feel their enthusiasm and generosity of spirit. You mm-hmm. can feel it from all the way on the stage from the front of the pit and. And those ones I really love working with as well because it, it, it's such a collaborative process mm-hmm. that to feel their giving energy as well is amazing. I just think the thing that I love uh, so much about opera and I guess the performing arts is that you still have this craft. Mm-hmm. So much has changed. I mean, you can be auto-tuned to death as a pop star. You can create this personality. Opera is still so pure. You still have all this, everybody collaborating. It's this joint effort. It's raw and it's transient. Mm-hmm. It vanishes as soon as it's finished. It's mm-hmm. gone. It's the beauty of the current Not moment. if I take it on my cell phone. <laughs> exactly. It'll end up on YouTube in a hot second. Yeah. But even then, it's never the same. Even in recordings, even in the highest definition recordings, mm-hmm. the kind of crackle of energy that happens mm-hmm. in a live performance is so exciting yeah. when all these voices are in full flight. And I still have to explain to people that we don't use microphones. Yeah. And they just can't believe that it's we amazing. get over any of these orchestras yeah. without any amplification. And it's it's so thrilling when it's beautifully done. Yeah. And I think it's interesting when I've gone to see an opera with a friend who knows about opera, it kind of feels like I'm going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Before you're just, if you start to know people on stage, you are much more drawn in because it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you're like a stage mom. You're like, please do well. <laughs> um, what are some myths about opera, like an opera singer? Because I think everybody has this kind of mystique about being an opera singer. <laughs> Is that true? Yes. Look, I mean, we're ethereal gods. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, I, I mean, I think the, the very pervasive one of opera is that you have to be really overweight to yeah. do it well. Yeah. And Margaret is not, and she's gorgeous. And <laughs> <That's> very beautiful. <laughs> well, but it's being proved wrong left, right, and centre. You know, that 
opera is sexy as hell. Yeah. And most of the greatest operas are about sex and mm-hmm. love and death and, you know, infidelity. They're all about these really sexy topics. It's like Jerry Springer. But, you know, <laughs> exactly. 1800, 1700. Yeah. In corsetry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... That's one of the myths, and also that it's so elitist. You know, this is kind of it's less so here in Finland. Yeah, but I found you go at the age of fetus exactly. to your first opera. And it's, I mean, it's just a part of normal life. Mm-hmm. They have their um, subscriptions, and they just turn up to the opera all the time. In Australia, it was very. I, I had the feeling that it was quite elitist, and I, I felt like I was having to justify my existence as a singer. Yeah, and say, no, I, I promise, that's all I do. I'm, I'm not waiting tables yeah. on the side. I'm, I'm just a singer. Yeah, and here it's it's quite different, and it's really respected. It is respected. I mean, I've heard very funny stories that if you're an opera singer here, a lot of people are like, oh, great, yeah. exciting. Yes, occasionally. I, I mean. It did get my son a spot in kindergarten because I, we were unhappy with <laughs> you saying no, no, <laughs> God, no. But we were unhappy with his kindergarten, and a woman that I know in the orchestra said, "A boy just left my son's kindergarten. It's fabulous. You call this number, tell them I said, you tell them you're at the Nishtatuba, and it, I bypassed the waiting list because yeah. of it." Yeah. So there aren't many perks, yeah. but in this city, that's a really great one. Yeah, that it's so beautifully respected. It is very much respected. And I understand why. It's a tough job. It's not an easy job. It's a lot of work. And it's such a huge part of Viennese culture. You know, it's it's what brings people to this city. Yeah. To come to the Stadtel and see. And classic music, this is the home of it. It's like Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> it's the ground zero of yeah. all this kind of stuff. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. Some people look at, like, New York for the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now Chicago people are going to be mad that I just said that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I feel very lucky to be in the city, and I think it must be very, very challenging to be a performing artist here without having a job. Yes, absolutely. And there are a lot of I, You know, I was incredibly lucky that I was injected into this situation. There's a singing competition in Australia that sends one person here and here for a scholarship. Wow, okay. A four-month scholarship, and I won that, and then they offered me a contract and so I was already in the house, which was just this incredible gift. I did then have to prove myself and do the audition and do the work. And, exactly. But I definitely got a foot in the door, which a lot of singers don't have straight off the bat. And it was a huge, huge help and a big difference. Yeah. So you are originally from Sydney? Yes. Or? Well, yes, it's a roundabout story. Uh, my family is from the US, but we immigrated to Australia when, in the 80s. Oh, okay. I was born in Australia during that time, then our visa expired, we went back to the US and then immigrated when I was three. Like the opposite of Crocodile Dundee. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. And you grew up in Australia, mm-hmm. mostly, and then you, did you perform at the Sydney Opera House? I did, yeah. I worked for Opera Australia for eight years. Okay. I was in the chorus and uh, would do small roles and I worked with the, they have a touring arm that takes operas in English around the whole country, so in basketball courts and pig sheds and all sorts <laughs> of interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, and I did that as well. And then my life kind of turned on a dime and I mm-hmm. went from being a, a chorus singer to a principal of the Stadtalker within six months. It was kind of wild, That's actually. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. It was 
out of control. <laughs> I think I lost a couple of kilos in six months, but that's, I think my story is close to being as impressive as yours. Um, but that's amazing. And how do you think the, you know, the Sydney Opera House is so famous and it's iconic. How does it differ from the Vienna? I mean, obviously, aesthetically, but what is yeah, it? It's different. I mean, in, in all senses of the world, it's yeah. a word, it's younger. So not just physically, the, the kind of exuberance of the building. Like, this building has such history, mm-hmm. such weight that comes with it. You can feel the kind of years, the centuries in, of time in this building. Mm-hmm. But with the Opera House, it's really young and fresh, and everybody's super excited, and they put on beautiful works, and yes. the company's really, really great. And um, But it, it doesn't... What it is lacking is that kind of centuries of experience. Right, the gravitas of... Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, but, and it is such a, it's in such a beautiful spot. Besides the building, it's set in the Sydney Harbour. It, the water glistens all around it. Mm. The sun, I mean, it's just magical. Yeah. It feels like you're in a postcard. Yeah. One day when I go to Australia, I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll go to the bar around the corner, but yes, if <laughs> oh, I can get a free bar. ticket. There's a bar underneath. Oh, there you go. That's That's perfect. Really yeah, if I get a free ticket. <laughs> I'll go to a show. Um, for people who don't know much about opera or they're trying to get their feet wet, head wet, whatever, um, <laughs> something, um, what would be the first opera you would recommend for someone to go see? I would probably say either Verdi or Puccini. Yeah. Those are the operas that have tunes that people recognize, mm-hmm. or maybe Bizet as well. Carmen is a really great one. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of tunes that everybody knows. The costumes are generally great. Bugs Bunny has been in Exactly. <laughs> the storyline is full of drama. Something like Love Owen or Madame Butterfly is a great oh, starter. One of my favorites. Total teacher. Yeah. But something that's accessible, I wouldn't recommend something like Shostakovich or Wagner. Mm-hmm. We once sat next to some tourists here that were seeing the very first opera. It was Parsifal, which is five and a quarter hours long. It's just this hard slog of German Wagner music. Yeah, and they left at the first interval. Yeah, I would because it's yeah. just a minute. It's heavy. It's a lot of work. Um, Actually, I, I've told the story on my blog before, but when I was about six and we were living in Düsseldorf, my dad had two tickets to go see a Wagner production, and the person he was supposed to go see it with canceled, so he thought he'd bring me. I loved it, and there was no intermission, and I sat through the whole thing, and he's never been prouder. That's incredible. Yeah, maybe I would have the flu. <laughs> maybe I am like had a bit of a stroke, but I mom will be better. Probably, but I was. I just loved it. Now I couldn't. I couldn't have the attention span. But, uh, yeah, but he always tells that story. I think he told it at my wedding. That's <laughs> proof of children's kind of ability to just exist in whatever is happening at the moment. Yes, yeah, because I probably was like, I'm going to get chocolate afterwards. If I just <laughs> sit here and imagine I'm going to get chocolate. Um, what is personally your favorite opera to perform in? Um, that's a great question. I My favorite to perform is Hansel and Gretel. I oh, sing wow. Hansel, and it is wow. nothing but yeah, the entire role, and there's I find the role completely not challenging. There's not a part where I feel nervous about whether or not I'm going to get that note. Um, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. But as far as roles, that, like a dream role is Octavian in That's like that's I love it. I know the role back to front now, and I can't wait till the day, the day that I get to. It. I I mean, if I ever perform on this stage, I might. Curl up and die. 
Because <laughs> that's your, that's like the, the ultimate. Oh man. That's I mean, you can come over and do it for me. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's like the same in terms of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that. I mean, this city owns that opera. It's set in It's like just a part of Viennese culture, and there's public treasures in it. Mm-hmm. So if I did ever get the chance to do it, I wouldn't say you it here for love nor money, because <laughs> the pressure of that would. Yeah, the, the, the Viennese crowd is, they love you or they hate you. Yeah. yeah. And they are not backwards about coming forwards. No. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. No, I, I don't think I could ever perform. It's, it's terrifying. They yeah. really let you know. I no longer read reviews. Yeah. Because I had very good advice from a singer friend, a dear friend of mine. She said, if you want to believe the good ones, then you've got to believe the bad ones. Oh. And yeah, there are plenty of bad ones. Yeah, so I've I had to translate some reviews in the past, and I was like, I could be reading this wrong. They, they can be ruthless. They can be really ruthless. And so I, and unnecessarily so. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it seems just mean spirited. Yeah. So I just don't read them anymore. It's how they tell you they love you. They just want you to be the best you can be. <laughs> sure. It's a nice rephrase. I'm just trying to justify my parenting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, was, I had another, yeah, we got a couple more minutes left. So I want to say, um, not performing, but to watch what is your favorite opera? another great question. Oh, well, all of them. I don't love watching Wagner. I love being in it, mm-hmm. but I don't love watching it. I find the kind of endless monologues a little bit tedious. Mm-hmm. But pretty much all of it. Unfortunately, theatre, because I've worked in it now for so long, theatre experiences aren't, not, aren't ruined, but I spend a lot of it going, oh, how did they do that? Yeah, the fantasy is gone. Yeah, all the kind of magic and the suspension of disbelief. It's gone. like it's like space. It's like control exactly. top underwear. I mean, I've before. seen all the scaffolding. <laughs> yeah. oh, um, I'm so glad that phone's going off. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Well, I will listen to the uh, quality of this, and I said we could do it again if it didn't work out. More than merrily, yeah. Pretty much the last question. Mm-hmm. What do you love about Vienna? Oh, so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it is small and safe mm-hmm. and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that my children are growing up thinking that this much beauty is normal. Yeah. They're like, really disappointed when they go to Detroit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, it's such a functional city. It works so beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's incredible for families. Um, there's so much art and music all the time. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. If it had an ocean, it probably Perfection. 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 Yeah. Salt in the air. That's yeah. what I need. Yeah. And then it would be amazing. Yeah. But for us, I mean, I'm perfectly happy here. Yeah. We, we love it. Yeah. And you, you see yourself being here for mm-hmm. yeah. long term. Yeah, me too. Yeah. They can't drag me out. I mean, they try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, this is my real last question. What are you performing in next? What's, uh, what should people come to see you in? Right. Coming up soon uh, in the middle, uh, towards the end of May, is Traviata. Mm. I'll be singing mm. Flora, mm. Um, which should be fun. I've, oh, she's, she's a bird that's followed me my whole career. I've, I've sung a lot of different floras and a lot of different productions. And then after that, I'm singing a little role in Rigoletto. And then I sing Meg Page and Five Star. The end of my season is all Verdi. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Great passion. You're yeah. playing a lot with your husband. <laughs> Throwing yeah, plays. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. Well, thank you so much for taking Absolute the time. Pleasure. And yeah, we might have to do this again if the audience <laughs> didn't work out. No worries. <laughs> more wine. <laughs> more, exactly. <laughs>
So as I always end my podcast, I always say uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll be sharing uh, Margaret's information in the comments on the Facebook page and also on Instagram. And thanks for listening. Toodles. Bye.